Comics in the combat zone. Comics in the combat zone. Usually we make you laugh, but now we're watching guys get stabbed with light tubes. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Comics in the Combat Zone. This week, talking CZW crushing the competition, February 10th, 2001. Uh, what an apt name. I guess it's because ECW died on its own accord. Yeah. They, they crushed them. Yeah, it's very funny to take credit for it. <laughs> to, be, to be like, yeah, we did that. That was that was us. We crushed the competition there. Like, that's uh, that's very funny. Yeah, now we've got guys from their lower mid card. And yeah. they're wrestling for our company. <laughs> yeah, look how scared they were. But now these guys are finally able, they're free of their contracts. That, that will have stopped them coming to CZW. Yeah, uh, very excited about this one. I, I thought it was hilarious when we open up and find that we're back in Sewell, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't understand that. And considering what happens this episode as well, I'm like, what on earth were they telling them to did, hold did, back on? Didn't it feel like they had completely severed ties with like this, not even the arena, but like the state? Like yeah, because they were like, oh, <laughs> they're, they're just a bunch of losers, New Jersey. They don't get us, whereas Delaware lets us do all this mad shit and then they're like oh uh, we're back in new jersey i was like all right okay mm -hmm. zandig must have woke up after the delaware show and he's like you know that's a long drive and uh yeah that's too long yeah i forgot how long the drive was <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I, I can't think of anything else he's weird. homesick for a two-hour drive yeah exactly uh so we we're back with the graphics the opening graphics and i actually i don't like these opening graphics because uh, in a case later on they would they would uh be teasing like a mystery guy yeah but spoilers said his name in the graphic yeah i didn't under i don't know why they did that that was very strange but uh, even just in general i've always sort of liked the free flow of uh, these czw shows you never know what entrance music's gonna hit or what order they're gonna go and i just don't like being spoiled about what i'm about to see yeah neither do they they don't know what entrance music's coming on if entrance <laughs> music's coming on <laughs> yeah so we open and you see the graphic super crazy versus uh versus tajiri and I was like, that's random that these two guys who are both advertising other matches for tonight. Yeah, I mean, I obviously don't have the biggest knowledge of who these guys are, but it seems like maybe one of the biggest opening matches CZW's ever had. Easily it is. Like, <laughs> to have these two guys <laughs> yeah, fighting. Uh, not so even close. Like. It did seem weird that, that this was the opener. Um Cause yeah, like the commentators are like this should be called a na this should be the night of a main events because they've obviously already had a show called that, right? Because um, <laughs> like every match is a banger. <laughs> yeah, when it feels like Zandig, it's almost like he fast talked them on the day, and he's like, okay, so you're wrestling these guys, but then at the beginning we're gonna have you wrestle each other, and they're yeah. like, well, are we getting paid double? And he's like, don't worry about payment. Like, yeah, don't. I thought you did it for the love of the game. Where else are you gonna go, bro? <laughs> we we crushed the competition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I did notice that at least the commentary mics were working this week. That's very touch and go. Yeah. Uh, there will be times in this episode where that's a curse. Yeah. But, yeah um, no kidding. Yeah. No, I think it, it's always, you know, commentator count. I think we're now up to like three episodes of our commentary on. So <laughs> we're getting better. So uh, we do get Super Crazy versus Jerry. Both guys entered. It. Just huge applause. I mean, again, it's hilarious how this show's called this Crushing the Competition when the competition is easily their biggest draw and yeah. their biggest stars by a mile uh and it's they shake hands right away and then once again like two shows in a row tajiri just wastes his mist he just spits it up into the air which does look cool but i'm like isn't that like your weapon and instead of just wrestling he leaves the ring and he goes to hug hat guy and he was like oh it's hat guy yeah like, i didn't know you came here as well yeah, Hot Guy's no longer under an ECW contract either. So, <laughs> And the fans are chanting, fuck you, Hat Guy, but it's just the most jealous chant. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they, they all want to be Hat Guy. They all, everyone here would aspire to be Hat Guy in yeah. this arena. Uh, and instead, they're like, uh, homophobic guy. Or, yeah, or no Hat Guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, they start, they start really slow, uh, as in like it's very slow and plodding. They're doing like fast movements, but very basic offense. Uh, lots of reversals into pins, and they would just pause frequently to take in cheers from the crowd. Like the yeah, crowd the would crowd. be overwhelmingly cheering. Yeah, and I I suppose you can like I, yeah, they they were just enjoying it. I guess the the atmosphere. I, don't, I mean I don't know what ECW was like by the end, but maybe it had been rough or whatever, and now they're just like enjoying doing some gosh darn wrestling with some cheering fans. No, ECW very strangely they they were Paul Heyman famously says. 
We were the only promotion that's gone under, even though we were selling out every single show. Oh, we okay. had the most like fervent crowd ever. But they just like had so much debt that it yeah, crushed them anyway. The debt crushed the yeah, competition. Yeah, it crushed the competition. <laughs> Um, so Tajiri hits his patented handspring elbow off the ropes, and the crowd just explodes. Uh, Super Crazy throws him outside the ring, then goes to dive. And Tajiri just pulls a Samoa Joe here and just moves out of the way. <laughs> so Super Crazy just wipes out on the concrete. Uh, again, like I said, it's a very basic match, but the commentary is treating it like, like it's less than 90 seconds in, and they're like, this is a modern classic. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're really like building it. Yeah, with the, with Meltzer's given his six stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so Super Crazy goes for his moonsault trio, but uh, Nick Mondo just enters the ring and attacks him for the DQ at 5 minutes and 13 seconds. I will say I felt like this was sort of underwhelming uh, just because I've seen Super Crazy and Tajiri have, like, really incredible matches. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense that they break it up like this. Like, it wasn't going to be a proper match on a CZW show. Yeah. Like, you're not – yeah, you're going to – you can charge a lot as performers to do that match versus – charging i don't know but to me it almost feels like a fuck job then because it's like xandic's like don't worry you can do five minutes you don't have to do any crazy stuff i just want to be able to put it on the vhs yeah. tape that's 100 percent what it was <laughs> a million percent that is what it was like to be like yeah we've gotten for a couple of weeks or whatever so let's just yeah milk it for us just exploit these guys uh, and then it's funny because two shows in a row now, cra Super Crazy is just watching Nick Mondo ruin his match and being like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Who is this guy? Uh, and then Tajiri buzzsaw kicks Mondo and uh, him, Super Crazy, and then Rick Blade runs out and all three just kick the shit out of Mondo, which is pretty funny. This is when Blade asks for a microphone and starts cutting a promo. And this is when I realized just how awful the audio quality is on this show. It's like they can't they can't have good in ring audio and commentary. It's yeah. one or, it's one or the other. Uh, so yeah, he's he's saying something about respecting Super Crazy, but then Super Crazy just attacks him. So I feel like maybe I just misheard <laughs> Rick Blade or something. Yeah, I don't know what was going on here. I mean, yeah, like I said, it makes sense to do it. I don't know why they ran in like mm. to 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 break it up. Like I don't know if anything had been established in the previous episode about there being a a rivalry there, but maybe it was just like. Oh, like we need to send someone out. Well, yeah, Mondo and Blade had to have the rivalry, but then they sort of just, you know, interjected super crazy yeah, because he's a big star, I guess. And then he attacks Blade, who's like the baby face. Like, it doesn't, like, Blade came out to save him. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't really make any sense at all. Then we get our cut, uh, another graphic, uh, and I'm not going to spoil it for you, the people at home. Uh, I'm going to save the graphics just between us. Yeah. Um, but out next is John Dahmer. Surprise, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> With Natasha and Pastor Jim. And one thing I noticed is they at least all color coordinated this time. Yeah, they're finally getting there. Because usually it feels like these guys, like, what do these people have to do with each other? It doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, it's, they still haven't really established why they are together. Because whenever there just always seems to be an argument between them at the end. Like, yeah, I don't get it. And as they're entering, the commentary asks the, the pressing question we've all wondered is, do you think they have threesomes? I wrote that down. Yeah, I think they do. <laughs> I, I think they do. Yeah, do you? Uh, maybe I feel like Pastor Jim just watches. No, I was going to say Dharma's in the cook chair. <laughs> <laughs> there definitely is a cook chair. Yeah, it's, it's Could like... Could even be Natasha. The OG Hulk Hogan-like <laughs> <laughs> controversy, yeah. Yeah, so the next start is Eddie Valentine, who they keep calling Fast Eddie Valentine. Uh, and I have heard of Fast Eddie before, so I feel like, oh, maybe I have heard of this guy. But he just looks like the most New Jersey Italian guy you've ever seen. He's got shades on indoors. He's got the black tank top. Yeah. Uh, he's saying, like, hey, oh, <laughs> like sh <laughs> shit like that. And then out third is Jeff Rocker. And he looks so much more juiced than he did, like, a month ago. Like, he looks ridiculous. Yeah, they're all juicing. Well, his arms, like, don't even go to his side now. Like yeah. His shoulders, like, it's like in the month he just did something that's, like, probably really bad for his body. Uh, just looking ridiculous here. So this is our match. John Dahmer versus Eddie Valentine versus Jeff Rocker. I'm just like, it's like a contest of who do you care li least about. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, d I didn't. I really checked out at this point <laughs> at this match, for sure. <laughs> We're just 13 minutes into the show, by the way. Uh, they start teaming up on Dahmer, who keeps trying to, like, he keeps in this match doing moves that he's not athletic enough to pull off. So, like, 
they do that spot where they both throw him up into the air and then he drop kicks both guys with two separate feet. Yeah. But he, he doesn't do it. Like he hits them both in the He's pulling at least twelve muscles, <laughs> like making any movement like that. Yeah, he kicks them each in the knee and then they each sell it like they yeah. just shot or whatever. <laughs> yeah. This looks terrible. Uh Rocker locks Ed into the Boston Crab and then Dahmer drops a leg drop on Eddie Valentine, which looked okay. Uh, he tries to attack Rocker right after, but he's thrown outside. And then Rocky Rocker, sorry, whips Eddie to the ring, who dives over the top onto Dahmer, but basically misses, and he comes down like, like on his neck and and head, like to the outside. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, oh I my mean, god. Whenever da- Dahmer, when he does the leg drop, the commentary are like, oh my, it's like Hulk Hogan's <laughs> here, and you're like, bro, come on. Like, <laughs> I know you got to do it, but yeah, I don't know. This match is just like, I do just glaze over whenever Dahmer's on, but this mm-hmm. just especially seemed. But it's hilarious because, like, like, Eddie comes over so violently bad here that the fans aren't sure. sure. They start chanting, holy shit, but then they start chanting, you fucked up. Like, yeah. they're not sure what to chant. They're still in a Tajiri super crazy haze, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and Eddie's just out for a while here. Like, it looks like he could have just fucked himself up. Uh, Rocker, he, they get all back in the ring at some point, and then Rocker puts Eddie on his shoulders. And this is the second time where Dahmer, he's like, Oh, yeah, get him up, get him up. And instead of doing, like, the classic doomsday device clothesline off the top, he decides to try to do, like, a running disaster kick that Cody Rhodes would do. He'd run to the top rope and tried to kick Eddie off the guy's shoulders, and he just missed and hit Rocker in the face, and all yeah. they just both wipe out, and it looked terrible. It's just, it was hilarious. Yeah, they haven't done I don't think Dom has done... I don't think he works out or anything, in, but like, the, <laughs> like his body... He's maintained really well. Like he's not changed his look at all no. from the start. But well, he dropped the leather, but that's yeah, about that's it. about it, really. So yeah, maybe it doesn't accentuate the body as much. But yeah, it's just yeah, they're just so but it's so boring. Yeah, it's just really bad. And th- like they have ambitions for crazy stuff, but they clearly can't pull yeah. it off. Like at one point, Rocker clotheslines John for a two count, but then Eddie just lifts him up off of Dahmer, and then he hits like this lame like botched face buster on him. The fans just boo. The only thing that is nice and has always been nice is Dahmer hits the uh, his awesome spine buster on Fast Eddie, which actually looked great. He got good whiplash on it. But Rocker breaks it up, picks up Dahmer, hits a TKO for a two count. And then Eddie hits the angle slam on Jeff, and Dahmer hits the pump handle avalanche, but he's too wiped out to pin. Both guys are just chopping Eddie at the same time as out of nowhere, the bar appears, <laughs> which is just like this fucking guy. Again. Z-Bar, actually. I think it's Z-Bar. I don't know if there's two of them now. I feel like... Uh, the bar was renamed to, Z- to Z-Bar or something. Z-Bar. And he, and he got... Yeah, we'll talk about him yeah. more later. He has a, a focal point in this show later. But he's also apparently feuding with a heel Jeff Dahmer. Uh, sorry, John Dahmer. Uh, not Jeffrey. I yeah, Jeff, the true, the true heel. Yeah, the Jeff OG would have heel. at least charisma if he was here. Oh yeah, he did, I mean he did a lot of spine bustering <laughs> from what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, and he distracts Dahmer, allowing Jeff to just get this cheap roll up on John at six minutes and fourteen seconds. I've written here it felt way longer than six minutes. Yeah, it this was rough. match felt like twenty minutes. Just awful. These guys, like none of these guys are good. They're not fun to watch. It's not fun to see them do botches. It's not fun at like in any way. Like I'm just. I don't want to see them anymore. And then the referee, like, whispers something to Rocker. Like, he just comes up and talks in his ear. And so, out of nowhere, Rocker then hits a fisherman suplex on Eddie and pins him. And I think the ref was like, this is an elimination match. And it's like, the music was already playing. The bell had already rung. Yeah, because the commenter's like, is this an elimination match? And yeah, the commentary's confused. Yeah. They're, they're like, like, oh, that wasn't on our format sheet. Yeah, was it over? Was it? Is it over? <laughs> and then they're like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, you didn't have a format sheet. Like, fuck off. Uh, and then Jeff Rocker actually attempts a promo after this. And it's funny, like, the audio's so bad. If The decent promos or the people who know how to pitch their voices, you can sort of hear and make out. But, like, Jeff Rocker, you literally, he's talking into a microphone. You <laughs> can't hear yeah. anything. Like, it's just silent. <laughs> and then Pastor Jim grabs the mic from him and then demands for his music and his setup. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And out of nowhere, this production crew brings out this giant, like, shitty carpet that looks like not flat, like a bumpy carpet. And then two t- two chairs, like lounge chairs and a table for like a talk show. Like the Pastor Jim talk show. And I was like, for fuck's sake. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, I was not on board with this. <laughs> the commentary team were like, who wouldn't want to watch this show? And I'm like, me. Me. The me only right one watching now. it. Yeah, <laughs> the right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, no one in the arena wanted this. And he says, welcome to the Pastor Jim show. And I'm like, they didn't even come up with like a creative name or something. No. Like the guy's a pastor. <laughs> so Jim and Jeff, yeah, Jeff Rocker is the first guest on this, by the way. The guy who can't, literally can't promo. Uh, and just like in classic CZW, this is the most just classic amateur hour. They sit with their backs to the hard camera. Like the hard camera's facing the ring and they just sit back fronting. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, so stupid. Like, how do you not know that? And then, <laughs> it, then they start trying to talk, but the fans are chanting, shut the fuck up so loudly that you can't understand either guy. And finally, like music to my ears, Trent Acid's music begins playing. Yeah. And he comes out with Z-Bar. Or Z -bar. Oh, that's a Z-Bar. Z-Bar, they keep Z -bar, calling him. Yeah, Z-Bar. Well, if you remember, they did this. Zandig renamed him. They had this whole thing where the bar had a doppelganger. So I think the yeah. bar exists, and then his doppelganger is Zabar. Is he? I thought Zandig renamed the bar I to Z-Bar. I don't fucking know, man. Yeah, I don't. Because they're masked, and, s and they have similar builds. So yeah. it might be two guys, or it might just be one guy. Like, I have no idea. Yeah, it might be one guy moving really fast. And for some reason, Zandig's not here, so Zabar is now his, like, default Avatar? manager. Yeah, he's his I don't know. It's like, strange. Yeah, they keep saying that Zabar is like, he looks just like Zandig. And he's like, he looks nothing like Zandig. No, Zandig is a very distinct man. <laughs> a, a very distinct silhouette. Well, the guy's wearing, Zabar's wearing like a Zandig uh, shirt. But I'm like, I've never seen the actual Zandig wear a Zandig branded shirt. I've never seen him wear a shirt. <laughs> yeah, more just a, a vest. Um, so Acid comes out. He dismisses Jeff Rocker immediately. He's like, Jeff, get out of here. And Jeff just listens to him and leaves. And then he asked Jim, why wouldn't you want the best superstar on your show to do the show? And so Pastor Jim is like, all right, well, sit down then. We'll do the show with you. And I was like, fuck, I thought this segment was over. Uh, and he's like, before we even start here, Zabar, we're done with the goofiness. You got to lose that mask. And then just without any buildup at all, Zabar takes his mask off and yeah. re reveals the guy. It's like you could sort of see why he was wearing the mask. He has, like, no jaw. He looked, like, awful. <laughs> I, I, just, I, thought, like, I thought it was terrible. And the fans start chanting, put the mask on. Yeah, they do. They start <laughs> chanting that. Yeah, and the commentator's like, whoa. They're like, who's that? And then this is the, the only comment's like, oh, you've been checking him out, have you? <laughs> like, <laughs> you love him, do you? You gay? He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, nice. the commentator literally, I think he says the F slur at some point in this. Like, They say it a lot during this episode, though. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, they, Like, the uh, commentary. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. Yeah, like he's clearly he's trying to play a Jerry Lawler, like he's very excitable about stuff and he's just like being a heel and siding with all the heels. But I guess part of that is just saying like t terrible words and stuff. <laughs> just like it's like fuck, man, what am I watching here? Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's grim. The commentary, are quite <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of good lines from, but also there's a lot of badness from. Yeah. Tonight. So Acid begins cutting a promo on Nick the Shits Burke, and everyone just laughs. Uh, and he's like, tonight I'm facing him. But he's not even good enough to face me, so I'm going to give him 10 minutes to beat me. And he puts up a time limit that will come important later on in the night. Uh, and then Barr attempts to promo, and it, just like Jeff Rocker, he just doesn't have the vocal pitch to even be heard. And he looks terrible. It's just awful. I'm like, what is this? This is fucking awful. And then they just leave, and this was like an awful segment that extended an awful match. Yeah, definitely. Unnecessary. Just like some of the worst stuff we've seen by CZW here. I was like, really just like, what is this? Like, yeah. Why is Pastor Jim being still pushed? Yeah. I don't understand the dynamic, the politic, the politics of <laughs> CZW. Yeah. The and they're, they're all heels at the same time. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. That is the thing with CZW. I think for the most part, apart from like Mondo and when former ECW wrestlers show up, everyone's acting as a heel. No, Mondo's a heel on this show too. It's yeah, but the crowd love him. Like, I well, mean, yeah. yeah, the crowd like cheer him on and stuff. Whereas, like, Trent Acid is the closest I'd get to a babyface. Like, mm. the crowd live him. He doesn't act. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. They don't know their own dynamic. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, then we get our cut, and you know, I guess this guy's meant to be booked as a heel, but we are in New Jersey, and this is as uncomfortable as I've been watching a CZW show so far. It's very tough. These three random white guys come out, and I bring up their uh, skin color because they have a Confederate flag, uh, one of them's holding KFC chicken, uh, and then Rockin' Rebel comes out last, and yeah. you realize they're his entourage. I want you, listeners, I want you to guess who he may be wrestling or what, <laughs> what color the person who might be wrestling is. 
I just like groaned, just dreading what was about to happen. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to watch this. Man. No, this is so fucked. The commentators are at least the the babyface commentators like this guy's a racist pig, and the other one, the heel, actually said, "What's wrong with racists?" Yeah, like, that's Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it's quite like it's because yeah, no, the guy, one of the guys goes, "What's wrong with him?" and then the other commentator is like. He's a racist. <laughs> and I was like, that's funny. And then the other commentator is, yeah, like, what's wrong with racist? And then the guy's like, what are you, what, what, what are we doing? Yeah, what are you saying? So then Rebel gets a microphone. And again, I'm like, oh, no. And he cuts what I'm just sure is an awful promo. It's like, thankfully, tough to understand. Then he just starts in on racist jokes. And the crowd's like applauding and laughing. It's horrendous. <laughs> it it's like the, ra- the, the level of racism that he engages in is like, almost parody level like almost satirical like this is how you'd make fun of what wrestling once was but it's just like this is horrible like yeah. this is so yeah horrible well and like we've made comments that Ro- rock and rebel looks like a racist before he ever even started feuding with a, a black guy and yeah now it's almost like oh he's just proving us right yeah <laughs> like, we are great judges of character unfortunately like even in 2001 it's like this is a bad look man right Re- rebel's also wearing a confederate flag bandana yeah yeah this is uh yeah and this is this is babyface behavior in new jersey <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then ruckus music hits, and he just rushes the ring to start, which I sort of appreciated at least. It's like we're just going to get right to the match. Uh, ruckus immediately flips a counter, then dropkicks Rebel out of the ring and does his handspring moonsault to the outside. Then if you remember last show, Ruckus tried to like kick off the wall into a moonsault and botched it pretty bad, but he nailed it. It was like he was determined to make this one right, so he nailed this one. And the fans are like fully into Ruckus because just everything he does looks spectacular. Like, yeah. He's like clearly like an overweight dude, but he just can do. Yeah, he's, he's great like an, any overweight gymnast you've ever seen on Instagram. Where you're like, how, yeah. does, how does he do that? Yeah, yeah, definitely, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, Re- Rebel reverses a whip into the cage, and then Ruckus reverses another whip, throwing Re- Rebel into the ring post, and then he handsprings all the way down the entrance ramp with like four flips, and it ends it with a moonsault on Rebel. So Rebel at least is getting his ass kicked. He's not like getting any offense in here, which I think. If you're gonna be playing that racist character, it's probably the best. Yeah, it's good the, for now. The best way to look yeah. at it. <laughs> yeah, good for yeah, now. it feels okay now. Yeah. <laughs> and back in the ring, um, Rebel puts Ruckus on the top turnbuckle, and then just smokes him in the head with a chair, and Ruckus falls from the top rope all the way to the outside. And then Rebel climbs to the top rope and does this awful like cross body. I, I don't. I've, I've never seen someone be able to make like top rope dives look less impressive than rock and rebel yeah he just kind of falls he always looks scared and he yeah. always looks like very tentative yeah and like he's flopping like it just looks like a bit of a flop yeah just a bad look here uh he seats ruckus on a chair on the outside and then does another clothesline off an apron which looks just as bad uh they do a double down clothesline spot in the ring and then fight to their feet rebel hits a bulldog on ruckus off the second rope and the commentary had one line here that actually got me, where he's like, Rebel better hurry up with this match. He's got a clan meeting at 11. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, fucked up, but... <laughs> yeah. Then Rebel pays homage to fellow racist Hulk Hogan by hitting the leg drop <laughs> and, and then doing all the Hulk Hogan like poses and stuff like that. Um and he only gets a two count, which causes Rebel and, and Rob Hartog, or Ron Hartog, to start arguing. Yeah, they keep calling... The commentators also just keep fat shaming uh, rob yeah Yeah. hartog yeah they just keep going you've you've not eaten your lunch have you carrying slow you fat shit (laughs) and then the other commentator will be like you can't speak and i'm like i'm pretty sure they're both like they are all fat everyone's fat yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. except rob unless you're juiced on this show you're fat (laughs) yeah yeah. one way or the other uh so then ruckus starts his comeback he hits a handspring like another triple handspring in the corner which ends with an elbow, and then goes for a 450, but just wipes out. And then Rebel grabs a bucket. I thought it was like flour, but they said it was Bizquick. I don't know what that is. Is that an American I thing? I think it's an American thing. It just looks like flour, and he dumps it on Ruckus's head. I feel like it's going to be something racist. It l- it seemed racist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the context it was Bizquick. Yeah, I feel like that's just a thing. Yeah, they just poured it on him. It did look like flour, right? Like, I thought it was like flour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then this allows him to get the pin at 7 minutes and 31 seconds. So the abject racist just wins. Uh, I have written here, this felt uncomfortable to watch. 
Uh, Rebel immediately grabs the KFC after and a microphone. He's saying stuff like, get up, boy. Yeah. He's, uh, I mean, that's... He's in pre- He's doing like dog whistling before dog whistling was kind of like a proper thing. Ugh. But yeah, the way he's saying it, the way he's like, but like, yeah, I, and he, I'm pretty sure he says stuff about like cotton and fields and like things it's like. It's all it. the stuff he'd imagine. Well, at some at one point during his promo, he was just doing street jokes. So you're like, yeah, you know what to expect from this guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and and him winning, I assume would mean this feud continues, and I'm just like fucking dreading it <laughs> yeah this is not not great mm. it's like already rock and rebel is one of my least favorite guys <laughs> you know yeah before the racism <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then we get our heart our, our hard cut and my heartbeat raised a couple of notches as i saw joel and red maximo probably joel i don't know I'm, I'm definitely saying it wrong uh but the maximo brothers they i'd always heard of these guys as like indie darlings but they never really made it to Ring of Honor, or if they did, it's like really early. Um, but just two brothers, uh, and then they were going to be fighting the Briscoe brothers. And I was like, well, this should be fucking awesome then. Two sets of brothers. Yes. Uh, and the Briscoes are out next, again with Dewey Donovan. Um, and I don't know why, like, because they clearly don't like Dewey. And they're going to high-five the crowd, the, uh, the audience, and Dewey's like, don't do that. Don't give them whatever. Yeah, it's very odd to have a manager. Yeah, have them have a manager, I don't and it's know. just based off the fact that he got fired from Zandig last show, and then the Briscoes happen to be out next. Yeah, he's like, I'm your manager now. But yeah, so we get our fourth match: the Maximo Bros versus the Briscoe Bros. Um, lots of just good grappling exchanges off the tap top as the fans are applauding politely. Uh, Jay knocks Maximo two off the apron uh, as Maximo one. I forgot, just wrote their names like as one and two. <laughs> Maximo but one and two. Yeah, it jumps on top only to be drop kicked off the top rope onto his own partner. Uh, that was Joel. Sorry, he got knocked onto red. They do look different. They're not like the Briscoes. Like the Briscoes, I honestly can't tell. Yeah, at this point, who. yeah, they just they they look like dweebs still. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they're like wearing the same outfits, and it's very very hard to tell them apart. Yeah, I don't know why you just wouldn't put your name on the side or something. Just like yeah, that. But I, it's strange. Uh, the Briscoes start doing tandem offense, uh, just their double team moves. You can tell they've just practiced over and over, and then each individual. I feel like all four of these guys got their own chance to do dives to the outside on the on so on just the pile of people. One of the Briscoes goes to springboard in, but Jose, or it's or it's Jose Maximo. Is it Joel or Jose? I, I don't know. I don't know. I think they were saying Jose. Maximo one and two is a good system in my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> and this is the first time I'd ever seen this spot. Um, Shawn Michaels and Shelton Benjamin would definitely make this very popular. But Briscoe, he's coming in to springboard towards Jose, and he gets super kicked out of midair, which just looked awesome. Uh, and then it follows with a big clothesline, double spine buster from the Maximos. Uh, lots of just tags and double team moves by the Maximos. They're keeping like a really fast pace, just taking turns, hitting moves, stuff yeah, like that. They both look good. Like, they're both yeah. teams look like, you're like, oh, okay, that y- I can see why they become something special. Definitely. Uh, and they're actually building the hot tag properly on the Briscoes. They've got like zero offense. At one point, uh, Jose hits a vertebraker on the the briscoe and then red just comes in from out of nowhere with a a springboard phoenix splash which looked like really impressive he goes for the pin at this point and dewey drags red maximo just out of the ring by his foot uh and it causes this miscommunication to the maximos which allows for the briscoe hot tag uh it's it's upsetting here because the briscoe the briscoe that gets a hot tag is hitting like going wild running drop kicks on everyone and then they try to do the total elimination spot uh, and they clearly just mistime it, and the fans sort of boo and chant, you fucked up, which <laughs> like blew, the mo- blew the momentum for the finish. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, and then as Red hits the ropes, Dewey hits him in the back with a briefcase, followed by a sit-out bomb and a moonsault combo by the Briscoes for the win at 6 minutes and 17 seconds. Um, and the Briscoes are mad at Dewey for helping them cheat and win here. Yeah, Briscoes are honorable. Yeah. I thought this was a pretty good match for what it was. I mean, it yeah, was yeah, 6 yeah. minutes, but... Really yeah. just impressive athletic stuff. From four kids, or like at least two of them are kids that, <laughs> yeah. that we know of. Yeah, the Maximos look very young. Yeah, they look well. like 16 years old. Like, <laughs> is it illegal for me to watch this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's New Jersey, dude. They have rules there. <laughs> uh, then we do our hard cut, and the first guy out in this next match, Sick Nick Mondo. Gotta have the best music in the company. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Papa Roach. It, you can't you can't top I'm su- I'm surprised it had taken this long to get someone to use Papa Roach. But <laughs> now they're using it, go for it, baby. Yeah. Oh, it's just the best. 
And, and he gets in the microphone and starts cutting a promo. I didn't come here to entertain you people. Uh, and I noted here the commentary was, like, talking over Mondo during his promo. And I'm like, it's just such amateur hour. Like, yeah. It really just looked bad, I He's thought. He's got purple hair. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and Mondo is insulting Blade and then crazy. He's like he cuts two promos on them individually. He's at least understandable on the mic, which is passing a bar that lots of guys didn't reach Z-bar. on the show. <laughs> it's a bar. Yeah. And then Super Crazy's out next as the fans just cheer him. He doesn't cut a promo. And finally outlast is Rick Blade. So if you remember, they set this up on the last show. Rick Blade versus Nick Mondo versus Super Crazy in a ladder match, a three way ladder match. One of those ladder matches where there's no belt hanging from the top or anything. It's just or any ladders, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the first five minutes of this match <laughs> passed without a ladder even in sight. Yeah, I was a bit gutted. I thought this was going to be, you know, TLC level. but Yeah, very it w- strange. It, it wasn't. It really wasn't. Uh, the beginning of the match is just sort of what you'd expect. There are lots of just individual dives on each other to the outside. Super crazy hitting some moonsaults. At one point, Blade hits this really impressive springboard flip to the outside on both guys. Um, Blade tosses Mondo a chair, and then it's funny because, like, he goes to hit him, but Super Crazy holds back Blade's shot, so Mondo just hits Rick Blade in the head with the chair that he just threw him. And then finally, the ladder is introduced by Super Crazy, who just, he's on the apron with it and just throws it in the ring, and it just bounces off Nick Mondo's head, (laughs) which looks brutal. Uh, the ladder's, like, leaning in the corner, and Crazy puts Mondo in a surfboard, and then when he releases him, he just launches him into the ladder in the corner, which looked decent. And also, it, like, there there's some brutal ladder bumps to come, so it didn't look that bad compared to what we were about to see. Yeah, this, I mean, Mondo's infamous for, like, just completely destroying his body so quickly, but <laughs> you can see why. Like, yeah, he definitely. really just doesn't give a shit. Well, right away, Blade throws Crazy out and then tries to tornado DDT Mondo onto the ladder that's just laid in the ring. And Mondo catches Blade, lifts him up into a powerbomb, and just, like, sit out powerbombs him flatly onto the ladder, which looked fucking awful. Uh, Mondo then drags Blade on the ladder to the middle of the ring, and he calls for Crazy to do a moonsault, and then he does it. What's up, Brainiacs? Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Just a programming note that every Monday at 9 Central, you can join me, Andrew Slack, and Josh Custodio for Monday Night Program. Come hang out with us as we continue to build the WBCW universe using Fire Pro Wrestling Promoter Mode. Who should we sign? What matches should we book? Join us for the only professional wrestling program on Monday nights. That's Monday Night Program on twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. Uh... But then Crazy, for some reason, tries to pin Blade out off of this moonsault, and Mondo just hits a tumbleweed leg drop onto Super Crazy's head. All of this looks pretty good. Uh, Blade and Mondo decide to fight to the top of the ladder, which I always think is a funny spot when there's nothing hanging yeah. to fight over. <laughs> They've just decided to climb a ladder. It is weird. Like, just put, put a weapon or, like, something. Or, like, yeah, the staple gun. Mm-hmm. Put something up there, because you're like, why? Yeah, why would you have... Because, yeah, there's no climbing up. There's no, there's barely any ladder action, there's really. No need, yeah. Yeah, uh, and that necessitates putting something up there to give people a reason. This does set up, though, a Tower of Doom spot where Blade is going to superplex Mondo off the ladder and then Super Crazy just appears and power bombs Blade to trigger it all. Uh, with both guys down, Crazy tries to pin both at the same time, but both of them kick out. Then Crazy goes outside, and he sets up two chairs, like almost like a chair table, but further apart. Uh, and Blade baseball slides him, then he finishes it and puts the ladder to make like a ladder table, if you will. Uh, <laughs> a ladder chair table. A ladder chair table. You know what I'm talking about when I say that. <laughs> yeah. And then he lays Super Crazy out on the ladder, and I'm just like waiting for Crazy to move out of the way. So Blade wipes out into the ladder. But he doesn't, thankfully, and Blade just hits this beautiful senton over the top rope, landing on Super Crazy. It looks amazing. Yeah, really just flawless. Huge pop from the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mondo hits a spinning slam on Blade and then makes the ladder table uh, with one chair and the second rope, as opposed to two chairs, in the ring. And he puts Blade underneath the like side of the ladder that's sticking out and then leg drops the ladder into Blade's face, which looked like pretty dangerous, actually. Um, Crazy plants Mondo with a powerbomb, and it's like a snap powerbomb, like Eddie Guerrero used to do. Like, he just whips him down to the ground. Then he hits his three moonsaults onto Mondo, but Blade breaks it up with a corkscrew onto the uh, pin attempt. And then Crazy and Blade, oh, this was fucking nuts. So the ladder table is made outside, 
again for some reason, or it might be the same one, I think. There might have been two ladder tables here. And Crazy and Blade just, l- like, together launch Mondo as high as they can over the top rope, and he yeah. just wipes out onto the ladder. Yeah, Mondo don't give a shit. Like, I don't know. Like no way to defend himself at all. He just, like, brutally eats this Yeah. Ladder. I do like that during the match, there's, like, allegiance. Like, it keeps switching between who's go- which two are going after whatever. Like, it's mm-hmm. not just, like... Yeah, it's pretty fluid, actually, like, which is pretty impressive in-ring work, I'd say, for that we've seen from CZW. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, and it's, yeah, this after this insane bump, they didn't need to do anything else. Rick Blade goes out, grabs Mondo, and then for some reason, both him and Super Crazy pin him at the same time, ending this match in 10 minutes and 34 seconds. Cool match, good match, fun match. Yeah, decent match. It, I, I would, like, like you were saying, I would have expected a bit more from the top, and then... Yeah, it was like was barely a ladder match, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a hardcore match that involved the ladder. Yeah, at some yeah, point. the ladder was was in there, but it wasn't the main attraction. Mm-hmm. And also, just a weird finish that they decided to just pin a guy at the same time. I don't know why guys don't do this more often. Like, let's just both win, dude. He's yeah, like, he's down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can all we can both be winners. Yeah, so Blade and Crazy shake hands as they both celebrate the win. They're announced as co-winners. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's very strange. And then they both leave, and Mondo cuts a promo saying, Blade never beat me, and next week we're going to do a rematch, but it'll be a barbed wire ladder match, which I, I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. Like, to me, I'm imagining a ladder so wrapped in barbed wire that you can't open it. Yeah, very odd. And the commentators are like, next week, next week we're in Delaware. So they don't know what's going on either. <laughs> yeah, yeah Mondo's like, ne- next week here in New Jersey. Like, yeah, he says in this arena. Yeah, in this arena. And they're like, we're in Delaware. <laughs> but then it, they are in New Jersey next week, I think. But yeah, it's just ca- chaos. But it's just like, who, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, it's just a complete shit show. Uh, at least we got a good match. That's all I could say at this point. I will take it. We got our hard cut. Uh, as we see the graphic for Trent Acid versus Nick Burke, uh, and out first is Trent Acid with Zabar, uh, and who they keep they keep mentioning that he looks like Zandig, and he couldn't look less like Zandig. He's w- he's got like an earring, but I that's about it really. <laughs> I can't think of anyone on the roster who looks less like John Zandig than Zabar. Yeah, no, he looks like Zandig. Maybe if Zandig, maybe Zandig before the Super Soldier Serum <laughs> turned him into Captain Zandig. Yeah, like he just yeah, he's small. He's like. A bit dainty. Like, it's very strange that they keep saying he looks like Zandig. (laughs) And then commentary, as if they hadn't said enough ridiculous shit, they start going over how this has been a historically great show and all the matches have been the best. Yeah, yeah, that's... John Dahmer had the best match historically tonight. Yeah, I mean, it may be the best John Dahmer match, but (laughs) I don't know if, like... Yeah, that's not even true. That's definitely not true. (laughs) Yeah, so Nick Burke, uh, just like Ruckus did, rushes the ring to start. As the commentary are stressing that he's only got 10 minutes to beat Trent Acid. I wonder if that will play a part in the match story. And if it does, do you think they're going to hit the actual 10-minute mark? Or is it just going to be ambiguous? I I had no idea. (laughs) I did not expect. You know, I was so surprised by what what transpired. (laughs) So Burke is moving fast. He throws acid to the outside and then into the sea of chairs. Uh, He whips acid into the cage on the side, but acid climbs up it and hits a nice moonsault, which is something we saw Justice Payne do just a couple shows ago. Back in the ring, Burt uh, cuts off acid getting into the ring, and then he just hits a sunset powerbomb onto the floor, which looked fucking brutal. Like, usually that spot's done with a table or something, but it was just acid splatting onto the concrete. Uh, and then he sets up a chair, and he does this awesome, like, dive using the chair over the top rope, uh, which was pretty impressive from Burke. Burke's actually looking good here. Like, Yeah, this is... This is Burke historically good match from Burke, I would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, historically his best match. Yeah, for sure. This is this maybe is Trent like Acid is like a good wrestler. He's carrying him a bit. I don't know. I I, th- I mean I think Acid is you know I mean as um, unfortunately you know he passed away, but I think history lays out that he was a pretty good re- like he was a mm-hmm. good wrestler for that circuit for sure. Yeah, well it's tough because it's all the guys that are bad wrestlers that will like. Like, if I hear Lobo putting over someone as this great wrestler, I'm like, well, you were a bad wrestler. (laughs) It's not the same as, like, Mick Foley or whatever. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, so Acid makes a chair table, um, and Burke, (laughs) this this happens so many times in this match. As soon as he's done making the chair table, Burke hits a reverse suplex on Acid through his own chair table, and Zabar gets on the apron with a chair, and Burke just takes it from him casually, like, pushes him away, and then he goes to hit Trent, who ducks, and then he hits a roaring elbow 
hitting the chair into Burke's face. This is a regular spot of Trent's now. He loves the roaring elbow, mm. um, which actually does look cool each time. Acid makes another chair table, this time in the ring, and he gets Burke to the top rope, and wouldn't you know it, Burke pushes Acid once again through his own chair table and then hits a frog splash. So he, this guy's just got to stop with the chair table. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not working, bro. <laughs> and then Burke reconstructs the chair table that he just pushed Acid through. So naturally, Acid avalanche drives Burke through through it. It's just like doesn't learn. Uh, and then Acid gets to the top, and Burke shoves him into the crowd. The R- the classic RVD spot. It looks like he hits the fourth row. And Burke follows. He takes Acid to, like, the corner office area that we've seen a few times before. Um, And he sets up a table. And once again, the guy setting up the table gets put through the table. So Acid, they're on, like, the second level of some bleachers. And he hits a spin-out powerbomb through the table, which actually looked really good. And then Acid and Zabar are just carrying Burke like he's a dead body (laughs) back towards the ring. He's got to pin him. Look very strange. At this minute, by th- at this point, by the way, ten minutes is passing actively. Yeah. Uh, so I've timed. As time does. <laughs> time <laughs> does. Yeah. Acid goes for the pin in the ring, and Burke just kicks out. And then finally, for a third time in this match, Acid makes a chair table, gets Burke to the top rope again. So naturally, Burke just counters. He hits a cradle driver onto Trent Acid through this chair table. And it was br- this one was particularly bad because I think one of the chairs was already broken or bent or something, mm. so it didn't fold or anything. It just had no give at all. Yeah, it just it, they put themselves through so much. I mean, and also the commentators they're talking uh, like what they're getting paid, and they're like, well, at least I'm getting health insurance. I'm like, are you? I don't no think way. no. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the commentators are getting health insurance, but the wrestlers aren't. Maybe if he like manages a restaurant in the daytime or something. Yeah, like, definitely not for this though. Um, and it's funny because he, like Acid is still on a chair, like he's not on the canvas, but the ref goes to count three anyways. And wouldn't you know it, right at the count of two, the time limit draw is yeah. called, uh, which I'm pretty sure they did on the last show. <laughs> like yeah, no, I think doesn't he? G- he gets the three. But then there's like confusion, like no, it was the limit. No, the limit. at at two the bell. Oh, uh, okay. Which is again, they did that on the last show. They yeah. Did, and and the time limit was uh, twelve minutes and twenty five seconds here unofficially. Oh, time passes faster. Than <laughs> they don't even they try. Expected. Yeah, they didn't even. Yeah, they didn't even bother. Uh, and then Bert gets on the microphone and he demands five more minutes. It can't end this way. Uh, and Trent Acid and Zabar are saying no way, but then the bell just rings anyway. So they do this constant exchange of near falls with each guy's getting like five two counts each. Ends with a bridging German suplex from Burke for two. Burke goes to the top and Zabar pulls him down by the leg, allowing Acid to do a super victory roll for another two count. And then they do this completely telegraphed ref bump. Like you can see the ref just gets way too close to the action on purpose and then takes like a boot to the head. And this allows Zabar to come in the ring and hit a pedigree on Nick Burke. Yeah. And I'm like, man, Triple H would beat the shit out of this guy <laughs> on principle if he saw that. <laughs> so and th- this allows Acid to put a chair on Burke as he hits a tumbleweed leg drop for the win in four minutes. So at least, uh, you know, Nick Burke got his closure out of this thing. Yeah, definitely. We all did. Those are, those are, I was crying by the end. I'm just done with these time limit draw debacles. Yeah, it's, they're so stupid. They're never fun. They're, not, they're like... Unless the match is, like, next level. Like, in AEW, there's been a couple of time limit draws. Mm-hmm. Unless the match is, like, insanely good, which it has to be, they're just such bad endings. Well, and you see it coming. Yeah. You're like, well, I know this is going to go at least 10 minutes, and I'm going to have to watch this, and then they're going to fuck it up somehow. I just hated it. Uh, even though the match wasn't that bad. No, the match was decent, but it wasn't good enough for a time limit draw. <laughs> so then we get our cut. And the whole the whole night they've been teasing a mystery opponent who's going to be in this CZW Iron Man Championship Royal Rumble. It's the yeah. s- second ever CZW Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah, they just call it Royal Rumble. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so good. Yeah, uh, and then as uh, the graphic just completely spoils who we're going to see, which I'm not going to do to you, the listening audience, we see production coming out with three barbed wire tables and they stack them up like ringside. And then they shoot the title, the Iron Man title, which actually is hanging suspended, like right near that crow's nest that we've seen them climb yeah. up to a few times. Which again, I'm like, if you could hang something from there, why was there a ladder match with nothing hanging? It just doesn't. Yeah, it's it is really strange. And why <laughs> is this Royal Rumble being decided by who can pull the title down? Yeah, and why is it called the Royal Rumble? <laughs> this is, none of it makes sense. So they say every two minutes a new guy is going to enter, which you can bet was not the right time limit. 
the match begins with Lobo out first, looking ready to go. And then Nate Hatred comes out next, sporting a barbed wire trash Former can. champion for one yeah. week or whatever it was. I feel like all these guys that we see tonight were former champions. Yeah. Because um, I'm pretty sure Lobo held the Iron Man championship early on. Did he, like, throw it away or, like, cut it in half? Was that the oh, no, like that was the hardcore yeah. championship. Oh, right. Okay. I forgot yeah, yeah, about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, just dumb, dumb shit. And it's weird. So Nate Hatred comes out with this barbed wire trash can, which looks sort of cool. And then as he gets in the ring, he just leaves it next to the, the ring and just gets in. Yeah, then the rules. Yeah, you're not allowed weapons. And, and him and Lobo start trying to have, like, an actual wrestling match. And I'm just like, I don't know if Lobo's better than I remember or Nate Hatred's, like, way worse than I remember. Way worse. <laughs> this is just a bad exchange. Yeah. I mean, it's odd. I don't, like, they left New Jersey because they weren't allowed. I don't understand what's happened with the New Jersey stuff, to be honest. My theory is that they were told that you can be do the really violent shit for one match in the night. And that's it. Like, yeah. I, I don't know this at all, but it's just a theory I've come up but with. But you have to balance it out with extreme racism <laughs> just to make sure that, you know, it's still friendly. Well, I feel like, yeah, they got told one match you can be as violent as possible. And so they decided to put, like, eight guys in one match yeah, and just f- where everyone's going to bleed. Yeah, just fuck it. Let's go for it. And then so Nate Hatred botches two moves in a row when Wife Beater's music hits and the fans go fucking crazy. I went crazy. He, he's legitimately like a fan favorite. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> my favorite. Uh, and he takes Hatred out immediately, then punches him in the balls. The fans are just loving Hell it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lobo attacks him from behind and starts trying to chop Wife Beater super weakly. And Wife Beater just reverses him and hits these way better looking chops. Uh, the mystery man is out next as they're promoting it and promoting it. And out comes Lord Everett DeVore. This is absurd. Don't you remember this guy? Yeah, uh, this feels like, and I think the commentators do comment on it, but I'm just like, is Zandig troll? Like, has he been trolling the fans? Is he angry at the fans or whatever? Because, <laughs> like, the entire night they've been like, the mystery man, who could it be? Like, it's going to be this big name. It's going to be like, holy, who could it be? And then it's just like, who? Lord. Like, literally who? Yeah, the British guy from yeah. New Jersey. It's just so strange. He's wearing his full British regalia. And the commentary are like, Zandig is just screwing with yeah, the hate club. And I'm like, how does this screw with the hate club? Yeah, th- yeah, yeah. It like, doesn't make sense. Yeah, like so strange. So fucking strange. Yeah. The, Maybe the hate club hate the British. I don't know. <laughs> so he, as soon as he enters the ring, he just walks into a power slam from Nate Hatred. And then all <laughs> yeah. three guys just start beating the shit out of him. And then just as Payne's music hits, and I'm like, what, is he in this match? Like, I thought he was in a later match. And he's like, Zandig's not here, so tonight it's my company. And we got a new mystery man. (laughs) So the the next guy's also a mystery man. Even though none of these guys were advertised. No. It's it's not like anyone knew anyone in this match. Yeah, they're all mystery men. (laughs) And then out of nowhere, Madman Pondo appears in the ring. And he's just he has a stop sign that he's hitting everyone with at the same time. That's pretty sick. Yeah. I mean, I like I sort of like Madman Pondo. Yeah, yeah. I like him more than Devore. Yeah, for sure. At one point, uh, Lord Everett tries to befriend Pondo, but then Pondo attacks him and then puts his wig on to mock him, like his British wig. I thought that was pretty cool. That's good, good storytelling. Uh, w- Pondo gets Wife Beater in the ring, and Wife Beater is just at this point, like everyone in the match is bleeding. But yeah, it, it hasn't made sh- like made it clear how these guys got busted open. It's almost like they decided all at the same time to blade. Yeah, maybe when Justice Pain came out. They were like, no, guys, no, let's yeah, go. Let's, let's all go. do it. Yeah. Let's fucking do it. So White Beater just busts it open, and then Pondo it takes his crisp bag and tries to staple it to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which doesn't work because <laughs> I guess <laughs> yeah. the bag's too thick. So then he goes back to his classic dollar bills, which I just find so disgusting. If you've ever held an American dollar bill, the amount of disease that's on probably every one of those. Is yeah, and like straight into your bloodstream. <laughs> it's terrible. Money you. is poison. And then Lobo's brought him right after, who's also just bleeding unexplainably. And Pondo staples his balls, which, you know, if it wasn't getting through a crisp bag, it's definitely not, <laughs> getting, not getting through, like, <laughs> Through <denim>. his balls, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then outside, we the camera goes to Lord Everett, who's just gushing blood. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. Like doing a That's crazy from the crowd. The crowd is just beating him up. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense here. Uh, and then the camera pans over next to him, and there's this massive chair table that's set up. Like, it's, like, ten chairs with, like, three chairs laid on top of it. It actually looked, like, sort of impressive. And Nate Hatred goes to the top rope. 
Um, but wife beater tries to like throw him with the classic like Ric Flair toss back first, and Hatred just botches it and wipes out onto this chair table with his face. Yeah, it looks brutal. It looked like he just went through these chairs and then hit the concrete face first. Uh, and then wife beater, he's almost like pissed off that Nate Hatred blew the spot, so he picks up the barbed wire trash can and just starts beating the shit out of him with Good. it. Good. <laughs> it all looked pretty cool. Yep, back in the ring, for somehow Lord Everett DeVore got offense on Lobo, and then he goes to try pin him, and Hartog has to be like, he points to the belt. Yeah, he's it's like, not you right. can't pin, there's the belt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so, sh- it's so <laughs> stupid. How can you be in a match and not know the rules? Yeah, I don't think it was like a joke or whatever. I think he genuinely did think he was like pinning to win. Yeah, exactly. So then Pondo, he like fixes the chair table that was outside, and then he constructs like a double-decker chair table. Like, he adds another layer of it's chairs cool. on top of the chairs. So there's, like, a legit, like, 20 chairs, like, <laughs> yeah, structure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it got yeah, it's a structure at this point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like... Uh, it would pass building code in New Jersey, I feel like. It's like Minecraft CZW edition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so Wife Beater cuts off Pondo. As soon as he's done finishing making this thing, Wife Beater just suplexes him from the ring to the outside as both guys th- go through all the chairs. This is brutal. <laughs> yeah, this would really hurt. <laughs> like, all the chairs just go flying in every direction. Uh, and then back uh, outside the ring, Nate Hatred just smashes Lord Everett DeVore in the head with a chair. It's like it's like none of the guys respect Lord Everett, so they're all just being way more violent with yeah, him. Yeah, why do they hate him? Why, why is Zandig <laughs> doing this to the hate club? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But the meanwhile, on the other side, Lobo and Wife Beater are fighting each other. And Lobo climbs up to the crow's nest going for the title as Wife Beater follows. And I'm getting flashbacks to a match they had, if you remember. Mm. Where Wife Beater gorilla pressed Lobo off this thing through a light tube table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. Below the crow's nest, there's just the three barbed wire tables, which is the last thing we see before the camera focuses on them. And Wife Beater lifts Lobo up above his head. Lobo, while he's being held up by Wife Beater, grabs the title down. But then he's thrown off this crow's nest. And off camera, what we didn't see is someone lit all these barbed wire tables <laughs> yeah. on fire. That's <laughs> <it's> so sick. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And it, because there's barbed wire on the tables, Lobo is stuck Yeah. as it's just on fire. And no one has a fire extinguisher. He's just literally on fire for like 10, 20 seconds. Yeah, it reminded the Pyramid of Hell flashbacks. Like, why is Lobo always got to be the one doing this shit? This was way worse than the Pyramid of Hell. Yeah. Though. Like, he was on the flames for like a good like 20 seconds. It was yeah, he was crazy. cooking. Oh, man. At least he had the title, though. Yes, he won that's, the title. The bell, the bell rings here at 12 yeah. minutes and 50 seconds. With him on fire. Uh, yeah, and I just, it's so funny. I wish, we like, we got to make a clip of this of just... Because <laughs> you don't see the tables on fire at all. They've not been Lobo on fire at all, yeah. Until Lobo goes through it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just loved it. And so winner and new Iron Man champion, Lobo. Uh, and then Hatred and Pondo come up out of nowhere and just start continuing to beat the shit out of Lobo, who I'm sure was suffering from real burns. And he was just sort of begging off. Yeah. And, and barbed wire and like, yeah, not, not in a great position. Mm-hmm. And then Nick Gage appears just in street clothes. I don't know. I thought this was like a security guard or like a fan or something. Like he didn't look like Nick Gage at all. No, the commentator's like, oh my God, it's Nick Gage. Yeah. Uh, and he saves him. Uh, he saves Lobo. And Lobo looks legit fucked up here. He looks like he's just co- coming to his feet. He looks like he's just been thrown through flaming tables covered in barbed wire. <laughs> yeah. He looks like you'd expect. He looks like you would in this situation. Yeah. Uh, and then for some reason, Lord Everett DeVore is in the ring and he's cutting a promo on Lobo. So Lobo gets in the ring and he starts beating the shit out of Lord Everett. And then that's when he turns around and Nick Gage cracks him in the head with a chair shot, which I guess he just for good measure in case like the burns weren't bad enough. Now here's a concussion. Uh, and then Gage cuts a promo on Lobo, calling it his title. And both of them brawl to the back to cut. Definitely overbooked, definitely a debacle, but probably yeah. the most fun thing on the show. It was very entertaining, yeah. It was ca- very chaotic, hard to follow. <laughs> very funny that they spoiled it immediately, like, in the graphic. Um, <laughs> yeah, because both in the graphic, both Lord Everett DeVore and Mad Vampire. Yeah, the mid- yeah, because not even the booked mystery edition is in the graphic as well. Yeah, that's it's fucking insane. <laughs> Just so, so short-sighted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then we get the graphic for the final match of the night, Tajiri versus Justice Payne. Um, and as soon as Tajiri comes out, the crowd's being appreciative and the commentary are like commending the crowd. 
They're like, yeah, there's no bad blood or rivalry here. <laughs> the, the, we just love Tajiri. Yeah, he's like, just, yeah. It's like he's a much bigger star than everyone else on the show. Yeah, of course they do. And it's funny, so Tajiri, he's out first, and the ri- he's just mimicking the ring announcer. Like, the ring announcer's got his hands folded near his front, so Tajiri's behind him. Like yeah. That. And then he starts moving his head like the announcer is, <laughs> and then the announcer catches him, and he's like, whoa. <laughs> it's, it's he's really having fun. He's having fun. He's a funny just guy. really yeah, funny, yeah. yeah. Uh, out next is Justice Payne, who comes out with Smack Mac and Justin Case, but then both guys go to the back because I guess they're honoring that stipulation where they're banned. I f- assumed this was for the CCW World Title, but then the commentators quickly say it was a non-title match. Oh, I thought it was. Oh, okay. Doesn't really matter because we don't get a finish. Uh, spoilers, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that's the graphic. We're giving you a taste of what it's like to watch CCW. <laughs> <laughs> and then Justice Payne is the third guy on this show to rush the ring, uh, and the one where it didn't make any sense because, like, I mean, Ruckus rushed the ring because he was getting like hate crime. Need to attack? <laughs> yeah, he yeah. needed to defend himself. <laughs> and Nick Burke had like a ten-minute time limit. Yeah, but for some reason, Justice Payne rushes the he ring. He just loves here. it. He's l- in for the love of the game. Mm. He loves that announcer, and he doesn't like people making fun of him. But I love when like a guy like he rushes the ring and then immediately misses a clothesline, immediately misses a kick, and then Tajiri just misses him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like he I gets love the missed off. Yeah, exactly. For the first time, we see someone get missed, and he's covered. He looks like the Incredible Hulk at one point. Yeah. Like, what was it when they were like green is for healing pain <laughs> and like and it's like oh okay <laughs> right yeah I forgot the color code yeah. And it's uh, it's hilarious because you can see it like it would probably actually give you a tough time like seeing what's oh, going yeah, on. Oh yeah, it'd be gross. <laughs> Uh, and so Tajiri throws Justice Payne. It's funny. He goes to throw him in the sea of chairs, but I guess he just doesn't see there's fans there, and he just throws Justice Payne into the sky. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't get out of the way in time. Yeah, he's used to maybe more to better organization and, be- <laughs> like, better security guards. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they get back in the ring, and Tajiri just starts hitting these kicks, and his kicks do look so smooth and, like, like they would be brutal. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's just stiffly kicking these he's guys. He's a good wrestler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you really nailed it. <laughs> yeah, he nailed I'm just so not he used nailed to wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I'm not used to it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then fi- like this is like the first 5 minutes of the match and Justice Payne hasn't got in a single move of offense. He finally hits a clothesline then a belly to belly. Uh and this is where I hit the commentator specify it's a non-title match. Uh Tajiri hits another stiff kick and then a reverse DDT for two. And then Justice Payne gets uh, the advantage with a low blow. And then he kicks Tajiri outside of the ring and does a dive onto him. And it's funny. So Tajiri's just wandering away from him through the crowd. And then I guess, I don't know if a fan handed them this or where he found it. Because he was just in the middle of the crowd. But he turns around and hits Justice Payne in the head with a garbage can lid. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. I guess he's got like a weapon now. Yeah. Um, and they, they eventually wrestle back into the ring. Justice Payne counters the springboard back elbow that we saw earlier, and he catches Tajiri with a bridging German suplex for two, which I thought was an actual decent spot there. But then Tajiri hits like an awesome buzzsaw kick and then hits a fisherman brain buster instead of just the regular suplex. And instead of going for the pin here, he points to the table outside and then goes to grab it. And he just takes fucking forever like to get the table in the ring, and then he takes him forever to set up the table properly. Then he finally puts Justice Payne on it, and the table just like tips over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so Tajiri, table ramp. <laughs> Tajiri just points at it and laughs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, he's having fun out there. Yeah, Tajiri's great. Is yeah, it's like a professional footballer goes to like an under 11s league, and he's just having a laugh with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. Uh, he go. He does eventually get Justice Payne on this table and goes to the top rope, but Wife Beater appears. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> he crotches to Jerry, and then he makes the patented table ramp. Uh, oh, yeah, big fans. Lays to Jerry out on the table ramp, and then out of nowhere, Mikey Whipwreck appears. And that uh, calls for a side profile for those yeah. not familiar with Mikey Whipwreck. Best What's no- his Mikey what? Mikey Whipwreck. Whipwreck. Yeah. Because every time they were saying it, it was hurting my ears because it was like they were saying words <laughs> and then they <laughs> just said like... and. They were like, Mikey Whipper. I was like, what noise? What word are you saying? What's the last thing? Mikey Whip Wreck. Okay. Mikey Whip Wreck. Like a shipwreck. Yeah, I don't like those words. That's not good. I don't like that. <laughs> I like the name. Whip Wreck. No, I don't like it. So he's best known for his ECW run, who began there in 1994 as the underdog who would often go an entire match without landing a move, but then somehow win at the very end. Homer. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he would have multiple tag team title runs with Cactus Jack, a.k.a. Mick Foley. Oh, nice. Um, who took Mikey Whipwreck under his wing. 
And then at age 22 would become the youngest ever ECW world champion, uh, as well as winning the TV championship. He's a triple crown champion for ECW a couple times. Uh, he did a short stint in WCW before returning to ECW to be in a tag team with Tajiri until the company eventually died in 2001. Uh, and even by 2002, Mikey had made it known that he has intentions of retiring unless the WWE wants to hire him. Just he's like wrecked his body in this oh. ECW run. He's because uh, he was literally the punching bag. That was his whole gimmick. Was just like you'll take abuse, and then at the end you get like a roll up and win. <laughs> 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 so he would he would do short stints in Ring of Honor and TNA, but never really hit those same heights as ECW. And then would eventually do dates here and there uh, until he was officially fully retired by 2015. And then I found out on Wikipedia currently works in AEW as a trainer. Oh, nice. So That's cool. Still connected to the wrestling business. Yeah, how not to injure your body. Yeah, and he is like a – just uh, – yeah, I bet he looks at, like, guys like Darby Allen and is like, dude, you got to stop. <laughs> like yeah, I mean, yeah, this – yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess modern, modern medicine – like, it is a shame these dudes had to put themselves through this because, like, I know Darby – like, those wrestlers like Darby Allen and that, you know, they are wrecking their bodies. Mm -hmm. But they also must just have significantly better care and recovery totally. and help than, like, this guy ever got. Well, and how could you, as a guy who did that already, look at a new generation guy and be like, don't be dangerous? It's sort of like, well, who the fuck are you to tell me? Yeah, that? don't. Like yeah. I, I've seen you wrestle. Um, but I'm a big Mikey Whipwreck fan. I've always just been a... He seems like a fun guy. Yeah. I, he, he seems like he's having fun. I like his hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He comes out with, like, pink hair, red hair. Yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty chaotic, his hair. Which is funny, because he looks totally... Like, his main run, when he was out, he looked like a child who was just getting fucked up by, like, the Sandman or whatever. Yeah, he does look like a bit of a big... Like a big baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so he appears randomly here, moves to Jerry off the table, and then does a Frankensteiner onto Justice Payne through the table ramp. The bell rings exactly at 10 minutes, which I only noted because uh, they can end a match at 10 minutes if they want to. <laughs> um, and then him and Tajiri just start working Wife Beater over with kicks, ending it with a double drop kick to Wife Beater's head. The fans are just fucking losing it here. They're like chanting Mikey, Mikey. It must be nice for him, to be fair. If he's been, if he's a punching bag in ECW, been a punching bag in ECW and stuff, it must genuinely be nice to like come here and like actually do wrestling and like, mm -hmm. and like to be fair never thought i would feel it but like i felt like oddly warm about watching see because yeah, the fans are like there's something pure about it that the, the fans are going crazy they're like loving it they're like this is like they're just loving it for the right reasons as well that like they're seeing this amazing guy yeah you know, definitely guy pop up and i was just like oh this is nice this is like <laughs> this is weird nice they're sort of like me in a way yeah like i can <laughs> this is like approaching respectability yeah <laughs> And so Justice Payne gets on the microphone, and it's hilarious because he's still just green. Like, so yeah, he just looks funny yeah. for the rest of this show. And he's like, oh, big deal. It's Mikey Whipwreck. <laughs> I just love like, his, uh, how arrogant he is. And he challenges them to a tag match next week with Wife Beater. But then, it's like, then he's like, oh, but I forgot. Tonight's Tajiri's last night in CZW. And then we just hear Zandig's voice <laughs> over so the god weird. mic. It's so str it's really bizarre. The camera pans over to like a projector that they have just on a blank wall near the entrance ramp, and Zandig is speaking. <laughs> like, <laughs> like his face is so close to the camera. Like it's it's so he looks so strange. Like, <laughs> like it looks like a boomer taking like a profile picture on Facebook. How close he is. Like how it's. So funny. Well, and then he's basically like, so let me guess. Justice Payne challenged you guys to a tag match knowing Tajiri wouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He all, at the start, he's like, I, he's like, in the video, in this pre-recorded video, he's like, I knew you wouldn't be able to do it without wife B. He was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, this is like, he didn't even say like... Way too much prediction. Yeah. He didn't even say like, oh, like... I hope it all went okay, or like I hope you didn't break the rules. He's immediately like, "You definitely broke the rules, and wife beaters there with you, isn't he?" Yeah. And then he's like, "And I'm gonna make sure Mikey Whipwreck has a partner <laughs> yeah, next to you." You predicted it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, a, what a, an incredible mind this man has that he's just like, yeah, he's just like, I Mikey will be there. Like it's crazy. And Ben Stead and Jordan Ducharme, I'm a big fan of your podcast. <laughs> if you're doing one. <laughs> You're like, what on earth is going on? Yeah, it's almost like you wrote this. <laughs> yeah. And then Zandig's like, and you know who his partner's going to be? And he moves the camera a bit to the left <laughs> yeah. to reveal that he's watching a Bald Mahoney match <laughs> yeah, 
Like, it's an ECW show. <laughs> yeah. And the fans just erupt when they see Balls Mahoney on their screen. But it's just him watching an ECW VHS. It's just like an amateur porno. Like, it's in <laughs> the camera work that Zandig's pulling off, where he just moves. Th- like, the camera's shaking a bit. Because, like, also the Balls Mahoney match. Like he has his he has his head to the his, the back of his head to the camera during yeah. the times Andy's like trying to get his frame and so you can't really see who it is mm. like it's insane. And when he's wrestling like Rob Van Dam, but we saw balls first, so yeah. you know it's gonna be balls <laughs> yeah because he didn't want to get Rob Van Dam in the crowd to be like RVD <laughs> like get the wrong impression. It's it's so s- crazy. It's so fucked. He could have just said balls Mahoney, but it's like I'm watching this guy wrestle. Yeah, he could have or someone else could have been in there to do this instead of him having to be like no i want to be the one that announces this Mm -hmm. it has to be me (laughs) so yeah i guess we are just going to see balls mahoney next week which completely tracks as far as guys i would expect to see in czw yeah i'm don't yeah if you've done a side profile i think save it for when he does show up yeah i'm going to for sure yeah yeah um and then this just triggers all four guys uh like the jerry whipwreck to start brawling with wife beater and justice pain and then the heels like justice pain and wife beater just chase tajiri and mikey off like they win this exchange for some reason yeah mikey kind of like has a cool little look back at the thingy but uh, yeah and the show the show goes off the air with the heels in the crowd like being like everyone czw yeah czw and the commentators being like next week we've got and then it just cuts mid between <laughs> announcing the matches, and I'm like, "Oh hell yeah, this is good. this is like it's the opposite of last week, which was a blue screen for ten minutes. This one, they're like, they couldn't get the balance right. <laughs> yeah. So that was CCW crushing the competition. I will say, like up until the last like maybe half hour, forty minutes, I was like, this is one of the worst shows we've ever seen. You say that a lot, but well yeah well they saved the best for last but between that rumble and the main event and uh also the three-way ladder match i'm gonna give this show 1.25 yeah i i I agree it would have been 1.5 but i genuinely think the parody like the racism it was so uncomfortable and so (laughs) like like difficult to watch and like I understand there's some context, you know, you're like, oh, it's in a different... T-. But this was like, this was 2001. We knew we knew racism was bad back mm-hmm. then as well. Like, When uh, it's just the fact that it was all brought on by like, hey, look, there's a black guy wrestling. Yeah. And that's the first place they go. It's just sort of like... Like the context, the, the contextual stuff applies when it's like the crowd sh- shouting the F-slur and you're like, it's bad, but you're like, okay, t- like the F-slur was like kind of in film still a bit and like saying it. But yeah, like to come out with Confederate bananas and fried and chicken, chicken and <laughs> yeah. like all this sort of stuff was just it was it was so uncomfortable that it had I think it had to mark it down because it would have been it probably would have been a one point five or one point six five for me. But yeah, it's one point two five. Mm. Um, that mean that does sound like I'm diminishing rate like diminishing the impact of racism to only drop it by point two five. But I th- but the fact is like a two minute segment and it had an impact I think overall on the quality. I'm not a racist, guys. <laughs> hey, me I, neither. Yeah, I hate racism. Um, but but I, I would also say just the general, like, because it's always been an issue with CCW, but the heels and face dynamic, like, Zandig's constantly trying to be the face. He's bringing in all these ECW guys. Mm. He's, he's, but then he's also backing Trent Acid, who's meant to be a heel, and he's fighting Hate Club, who are meant to be heels. And, uh, yeah, it's just none of that makes sense, and it never makes sense. And, like, I don't know if Lobo's meant to be a good guy or bad guy or Gage or any of this. Like they need to, like, soft – they need to reboot some of the story. They need to stop with the Pastor Jim shit. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to think – but I am, like – like, last week as well, the same. Like, I am excited about what's coming up still about in CZW. Like, it's entering an interesting stretch yeah. where I'm like, man, next week's show might not just be more of the same. Like, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm excited now, like – as they gain a bit of legitimacy, you know, within the... Because I imagine they would have all these ECW guys going there. They, people would have been talking about CZW more. Mm-hmm. So hopefully then some stuff gets rebooted and some death, dead wood gets, you know, pushed out and it's kind of like becomes more focused. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but anyways, that has been Comics in the Combat Zone this week. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at FunnyJordanD. Uh, and I'm at Pink Hoverboard. So keep it keep it tuned to the Wrestling Brain. Thanks for listening. Tell all your friends, and we'll be back with you next week. <laughs>